Greetings and salutations and welcome to the Game Sports Show Soccer Edition. Scott Nason with you on this Wednesday, September 22nd, 2021, joined by co-host Daniel Scarpino and Scarps. A lot of soccer to talk about. We're in the middle of September. Heck, we're towards the end of September. How you doing, my friend? I know this month has flown by, but uh, I'm definitely doing good, man. How are you doing? I'm doing wonderful, Daniel, and always great to talk soccer with you. We have so much to talk about. It's been two weeks since we've done our last show, and certainly lots has happened in the world of soccer in the past two weeks. And let's start with the domestic leagues, the big five in Europe, and just kind of go through and give our thoughts on how the season has transpired early. And my favorite league is the Premier League, Daniel, and after five matches played, Chelsea, Liverpool, and Manchester United are all tied atop the standings with 13 points. And I don't know if I've ever seen this after five matches, but Chelsea and Liverpool both have 12 goals for and one goals against. Both goals were against each other in their 1-1 draw a few weeks ago, and they've had equal scores for their mm-hmm. other four games. Brighton, a surprise at, with 12 points, followed by Manchester City and Everton with 10 each. And teams in the relegation zone right now, not your Arsenal. They've won a couple matches. Mm. Newcastle United has two points, Burnley with one, and Norwich City. They're going to struggle, I think, this year yet to register a point. Just wanted your thoughts overall on the Premier League. And, boy, we're setting up for just an epic battle at the top. There's about five teams that have a good shot right now. Yeah, I couldn't agree more with you, Scott. I think the way that the Premier League has started this season has been nothing short of brilliant. And I think, uh, as you just said, this could be one of the best title races if things continue to trend the way that they are that we've seen possibly in recent memory, but maybe ever. You take a look at the likes of Chelsea. There's so much depth in squad. Liverpool's starting 11 can match up with absolutely anybody in the league. Manchester United very deep with the attacking players that they have. Uh, Manchester City, I'm sure that they're going to to start to really click soon as soon as they sort out their defensive issues, um, even though they're not playing with uh, one particular striker right now. Um, and, and then, you know, obviously you have your, your other teams that come into the mix as well, the likes of West Ham, Everton. Uh, you can't count out teams like Tottenham. Um, and obviously, like you said, Brighton's a surprise at the top of the table right now. So there's a lot at play, but uh, I love the way that things are shaking out right now in the Premier League, and it's been a brilliant start over these first five games. If you had to pick a favorite right now, Daniel, and that's tough because you can make a case for, I think, four teams right now, certainly Chelsea, Liverpool, and Manchester United at the top. Manchester City, you can't count them out, along with a couple of the other teams you mentioned. But is Cristiano Ronaldo the X factor in all this? I mean, you've seen what Manchester United has done, uh, minus the Champions League, which we'll talk about in a moment. But if you had to pick one team right now that's your favorite, which one would it be? Well, my team right now that's my favorite is actually Chelsea, and I know that you'll you'll probably be delighted to hear that, Scott. But I, am. I just, yeah, of course. And I just take a look at the way that Thomas Tuchel has done things with the the playing five at the back, the the wing backs, not being afraid to play with seven, eight defensive minded players, but still having the the idea of of how they're going to attack the spaces that they're going to attack, whether it's in the half space and in the wide channel, if they're putting the ball into the channel or from wide areas. Um, I love the way that Mason Mount plays. And now, obviously, they have that focal point up top with Romelu Lukaku. And 
Everything's into his feet. He loves to play back to goal. He's able to play into midfielder's feet in the second phase. Everything that Chelsea does right now is brilliant. Then you take into the into account the intangibles, the heart, the work rate, the desire, the passion, the hunger to want to win games. For me, Chelsea are my favorites right now. And obviously, there's a few other teams that are nipping on their heels. But I just love everything about this Chelsea team. And I can't see why they can't make a serious push for the title uh, later on this season in May. Well, Daniel, I will agree with you on that. Certainly a little bias on my part being a big Chelsea fan, but just the addition of Lukaku, I think, is is a really key element to that squad. They didn't have the best strikers last year, but they still won the Champions League and qualified, obviously, in the top four and winning the Champions League. So I, I would put Chelsea at the top, and, you know, it's going to be a battle. I, I can see this going to the last match day. Certainly, yep. I hope it does because, boy, there's nothing more exciting than uh, two or three or, heck, maybe four teams battling it out for the top. Let's move over to Spain. There are some matches going on as we record this, Daniel, so the standings will be changed. But uh, after five matches of play in La Liga, Real Madrid on top with 13 points, followed by Atletico with 11 of Valencia and Real Sociedad with 10 in the drop zone at Celta Vigo. Getafe and CD Alves. Don't know a whole lot about those three squads. That's probably why they're at the bottom of the league, but pretty much the usual cast of characters in La Liga after five matches. Yeah, for the most part, uh, I agree with you for sure. I think we will, I'll touch on Barcelona here in just a second, but um, obviously you can't, you can never look past Atletico Madrid. Diego Simeone, as far as I'm concerned, he's a bit of a genius. Uh, Real Madrid, I think will push uh, probably four top honors and they probably will get it or they're just about. Um, and then you have to wonder, can a side like Valencia or, or Sevilla or Real Sociedad or someone else push for the honors this year? I think that it's it's probable. But then you take a look a little further down that table, Scott, and you have Barcelona in eighth position with two yeah. wins, two draws. Obviously, they haven't lost yet, but um, I have a quote here from the Barcelona manager, Ronald Koeman, and it's translated from the Spanish press, so if it's a little bit off, I do apologize to those who are listening. But uh, he said just two days ago, uh, we do not any longer have the players to play the football that we want. We lack tiki-taka qualities, we lack speed, and we aren't capable of playing in 1v1 situations. What do you want us to do? And <laughs> So, you know, I think it'd be naive for us to sit here and say that that just stays in management circles or for the reporters or for the papers. When players go after training and they're talking amongst each other, they talk about this type of stuff and they must be thinking to themselves, you know what, our manager doesn't rate us and we're not the Barcelona of old. So I'd like to see Barcelona get back to the top of the table because I think it's good for soccer. I think it's good for, for Spanish soccer. I think it's good for all involved. But the financial difficulties that they've had have ultimately put themselves in this situation. I think it's going to be a tough climb for them, Scott. I do, too, and uh, we'll talk about the Champions League coming up next and, and how they looked in their first match was was absolutely brutal. France in League One, uh, maybe a foregone conclusion. PSG is going to run away with this title, perfect 6-0, and atop the standings with 18 points, followed by Marseille with 13, Lens with 12, Angers with 11, and big teams struggling out of the gate uh, so far here, Daniel. Again, it's early, but Lyon with just eight points in the ninth position, and Lille uh, really struggling, uh, five mm-hmm. points in 15th spot. Uh, it's PSG and everybody else in League One, isn't it? Oh, man, without question. I think if, if we really wanted to keep this particular part of our talk short, we could just say PSG next because yes. they, are, they are quite easily going to run away with it. Like I said, their big thing this year is going to be the Champions League because domestically in France, they're going to win everything, in my opinion, at least. I think that they have that uh, locked up. 
Um, but I think if you take a look at the Champions League, if they don't at least, I say final, but probably from their point of view, at least semi-final, and they don't make a serious push, I think that this season will be considered a failure for them for the quality of players that they have. I would agree with you 100% there, Daniel. Moving on to Serie A in Italy, there were matches played over the last couple of days. Uh, at top of the table, Inter Milan and AC Milan, 13 points. Napoli with 12, Atalanta with 10, Roma with 9. And really the big surprise here, Juventus, they did win today. Uh, so they're up to 13th place with five points, certainly uh, struggling. Uh, they did do well in Champions League, which I'll talk about in a moment. But uh, Inter, AC Milan, top of the table, your thoughts? Well, I think Inter are still showing class at the top of the table, but I have to say, just based on some of the deficiencies that I've seen in their squad, they they look like they're capable of conceding a goal at any point, even though they have uh, a pretty impressive goal record themselves. But I think if you're not keeping enough clean sheets, obviously that's going to be difficult down the road. So I think they'll get a top four spot. I don't see them uh, winning. I think that Napoli look really strong. Um, and, and I think that Mourinho is uh, doing a really good job with Roma as well. Obviously. Ventus, I think that they've had, I don't want to call it a nightmare start, obviously, because they've pulled themselves now to 13th from 18th. They have five points, but I don't know. Allegri, I have a lot of faith in him. He's one of the best managers in, in all of club football and all of the world, for sure. Um, but they just got to find a way to make things click, and I think it's just a matter of bringing the squad together. So it'll be an interesting push for the top four in Italy, and I'm looking forward to seeing uh, how that shakes up for sure. Five matches played so far in the Bundesliga in Germany. Bayern Munich and Wolfsburg on top of the table with 13 points. Borussia Dortmund with 12. Leverkusen with 10. Mons with 10, or Mainz, I should say. You know, Bayern Munich is the overall favorite in this one, but uh, certainly out of the gate, looks like they're getting some uh, competition early. I agree, and I think sometimes to start a season, Scott, I'm sure as, as we've seen in the Premier League, you, you're always going to get a couple of teams who – have a really hard, hot start, and they ride their momentum. And I think that's kind of happening in the Bundesliga right now with the likes of Wolfsburg, Leverkusen, Mainz, these sorts of teams where maybe people didn't expect a ton from them. But what I will say is that I do still expect that Bayern will win. Um, and I think that right now, 1-5 to five in terms of the standings is quite tight. We talked a little bit about in our last segment, Scott Arby Leipzig, and I was, I was wondering, you know, what exactly happened? Yeah, they had some players that left and whatnot. I didn't realize this, but they had 13 players that departed the club from last wow. season, which is an insane amount. So it's no kidding that they're, they're doing that rebuild all over again. And the average age of the players that they brought in is only 20 years old. So it's a very young squad. So I, I think it'll be interesting in the Bundesliga, but Bayern, I'm sure we'll just take it. Yeah, I do as well. Scott Nason, Daniel Scarpino on this game, the game sports show soccer edition. And Daniel last week, we saw match day one of the UEFA Champions League. The next two uh, match days will be next Tuesday and Wednesday. And let's just kind of quickly buzz around the groups here. Uh, looking in Group A, Manchester City, top of the table so far after their high-scoring win at home over Leipzig, 6-3. to three. And PSG, boy, they ran into a buzzsaw <laughs> in Belgium against Club Brugge, a 1-1 draw. Uh, you know, a little surprise there, and certainly the Belgians uh, held their own and got a big point at home. Yeah, absolutely, and I think it's still early doors and uh, early days for, for PSG, so I have no doubt that against the likes of Club Brogue, when they play them again one more time, when they play Leipzig, I'm sure that they'll, they'll collect the points that they need to against Manchester City. That's up for grabs, but I still think that City and PSG will, will pretty much walk that group for the most part, and uh, again, it's just a matter of things clicking. Yeah, you know, 
uh, Manchester City won that first game, but 6-3, they still conceded three goals. So again, early doors, early days, they'll uh, they'll find a way, PSG and Manchester City, to, to really run that group, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree, and I believe they play each other in match day two, so that should be very mm-hmm. interesting. Group B sees Liverpool atop after coming back at Anf- Anfield, a very exciting game against AC Milan. Liverpool wins that one 3-2. to two. Atletico Madrid and FC Porto played to a very dull nil-nil draw. Um, <clears throat> Liverpool look good, Daniel. Who else do you like in that one? Um, well, for me, I think it's going to end up being Liverpool and others. So this this group is actually... I would say a little bit tough to call because Atletico Madrid under Simeone, very good team. Portal, I think that they've uh, done a proper investment and the Portuguese league doesn't get a ton of credit, but they're a good side. And, and Milan, they're doing fantastic in Italy. So it's a very tough group to call. But I think that Liverpool uh, will win this group. And then uh, that battle for second place in that group is going to be super, super, super tight. Yeah, I think any of those three teams could get in uh, with the second spot. In Group C, watch out for Ajax. They absolutely mm-hmm. rolled over Sporting in Portugal, 5-1 to one in match day one. Borussia Dortmund earned a 2-1 to one win in Turkey against Beskidas. Always a tough place to play anytime you go down and play one of yes. those Turkish squads. So uh, certainly Ajax, that's the team I'm watching. They look really good. Yeah, Ajax, they've got uh, all that wonderful coach uh, coach development and player development, and so many uh, countries now model their coach and player development after what they do. And, uh, of course, they look strong, and so does Dortmund. So I think uh, in, in this group, Scott, Group C, I think Ajax and, and Dortmund, they both look so strong that, they'll, uh, that they're going to take care of business. Group D, uh, Sheriff Tiraspol out of Moldova. <laughs> Not exactly a soccer hotbed. They look strong and knocking off. Shakhtar Donich out of Ukraine, 2-0, while Real Madrid, nice win for them on the road. Always tough to play at the San Siro. They knock off Inter Milan, 1-0. Surprise at the top there with a team out of Moldova, of all places. Yeah, no kidding. But, uh, again, it's it's good because it is early, and it's nice to see these sorts of these sorts of things in, in the early stages of the groups, but uh, that won't last, in my opinion. I think Real Madrid, they'll just continue to collect points after points after points, and Inter Milan, they'll, they'll get their stuff together, as they have done so far in Serie A, and they'll uh, replicate that in the Champions League. So I think Real Madrid and Inter will, will be just fine. Yeah, I do as well. Group E, uh, Bayern Munich atop the standings after they absolutely destroyed Barcelona at Camp Nou, 3-0. Barcelona, we talked about their issues on and off the field. They didn't even register a shot on goal. Benfica played to a 0-0 draw at Dynamo Kiev in the Ukraine. Uh, Bayern Munich, they're going to advance, but certainly the door is open for Benfica or even Dynamo Kiev to uh, possibly get that second spot with all the issues going on with Barcelona. Oh, that door is open, Scott, and a lot of people are holding it because any one of these three teams can easily walk through it into that second position for sure. I like the looks of, of Benfica. I like the look of them last year as well. I think uh, Dynamo Kiev, I think that they're always a threat. And like I said, how far Barcelona have fallen. So it's going to be interesting. So as far as I'm concerned, it's going to be Bayern and other. And uh, whoever wants to walk through that door first, uh, that it's definitely open. Group, excuse me, Group F in the Champions League, another surprise at the top of the table. The Young Boys, not a movie, but the actual team out of Switzerland. They topped Manchester United, who received a red card in that match, 2-1. to one. Villarreal played to a pretty exciting 2-2 draw against Atalanta. Manchester United, I still think, has enough to get out of this group, Daniel, but uh, certainly the Young Boys out of Switzerland put themselves in a good spot, again, very early. Yeah, and, and again, everything that we're talking about is so early, but you'd have to imagine that Atalanta, they're going to 
they're going to really start finding their their form and scoring goals. The only thing with this group is that I don't think that Villarreal will get into one of the top two spots. I think that they might find themselves in third position and get into the Europa League. Um, but yeah, for Man United, it's still so early. They'll they'll find their way. And you know, when Manchester United lose, it's uh, amongst it, the English press, it's the end of the world. But yes, uh, I is. have no doubt. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I have no doubt that that they're going to be just fine. Group G, the who the heck knows group after uh, the opening matches. Everybody with the points. Sevilla uh, played to a 1-1 draw at home against Salzburg. And Lille, struggling domestically, as we mentioned, played to a 0-0 draw against Wolfsburg. Try to handicap this group, Daniel, because I sure as heck can't. Well, it's a massive toss-up for this one, Scott. And the one thing that I looked at with this group, obviously, with uh, the Champions League just starting there last week, I had a difficult time. I had to catch up on all the games with BT Sport, Talk Sport, and the recaps because uh, the games are being played during the day. But I almost look at this group here and think to myself, are these teams going to just try and push in the Champions League and then just scrap domestic and think, okay, well, we'll finish mid-table and whatever happens, happens? Or are they going to do the reverse, try and push in the domestic leagues that they're in and then, you know, maybe rotate their squad for the Champions League. But if they take a look at this group, the, the competition is is quite even. So maybe they would want to make a push. It's so interesting. And I couldn't even give you two teams who I think are going to get through just because I think it's all over the place. Well, you bring up an interesting port, point there, Daniel, as far as, you know, a, a team season. And you mentioned, you know, they're playing domestically. The top teams are playing in the Champions League. Some are playing in the Europa League. You also have the League Cups, uh, which happened in England over the past two days. Boy, Chelsea just got through today on penalty kicks against mm-hmm. Aston Villa. You really have to strategize as the season goes on what is the most important. I think the casual soccer fan may not realize that there's so much going on, and then you have the international breaks. It, it's a pretty complicated setup in the world of soccer as far as you know trying to prioritize what's the most important to your club at that time. Oh, 100%. And that's why coaches all the time, they they say that they need a squad. They need depth in squad. And that's because rotation is so important. Having competition for places in the team is so important because it keeps guys on their toes. And then if injuries happen, you have somebody that can step in and, you know, fulfill the duties of that particular position just as good as the first guy could. So, you know, in terms of prioritizing competitions, obviously that comes down to the club and their ambitions. And that comes down to the managers and what they want to do. But uh, obviously, the deeper the squad, the more you can push in all of your competitions. But as for this Group G, that's why I say it's it's so, so interesting because it's, you know, with the domestic leagues that they're in, plus this group, it's a complete and total toss-up. Group H, the final group in the Champions League, uh, really looks to me like Chelsea and Juventus are going to make it through. Uh, Chelsea didn't look the best, but they defeated St. Petersburg 1-0 at Stanford Bridge in match day one. Uh, Juventus, despite all their struggles, they went to Sweden, and they had no trouble with Malmo, Malmo excuse me, 3-0. I just can't see uh, any teams other than Juventus and Chelsea making it out of this group. And I couldn't agree with you more, Scott. I don't see a pathway through for uh, St. Petersburg or Malmo. I just think that it's uh, Juventus and Chelsea. They just have too much quality, the managers are too good, the players are too good, and the clubs are too big. They're just not going to be overcome in this group. Scott Mason and Daniel Scarpino on this mid-September edition of the Game Sports Show Soccer Edition. And, Daniel, we'll just kind of look at the Europa League real quick. We won't go through all the groups, but you know, I have a couple teams that I root for in the, this competition, including uh, my second favorite team, Celtic. Out of Scotland, uh, they lost uh, their first match to Real Betis 4-3. to Great match. The Rangers 
also out of Scotland. Um, they lost to Leon. Uh, any other uh, teams or interesting things that you've noticed from the Europa League? I always equivocate that to basketball fans here in the United States. It's like the NIT tournament in college basketball compared to the NCAA tournament, which is the Champions League. You don't have the best teams, but it's certainly a lot of fun to watch and uh, certainly a lot of interesting teams that are playing in this group. Absolutely, and and I have to be honest here. In terms of Arsenal having had Champions League football for so many years under Arsene Wenger, I, I never really paid too much uh, attention over the years to the Europa League. But then obviously over the past few seasons when Arsenal were in uh, the Europa League, I, I looked at these teams and I'm thinking to myself, yes, they're the best of the rest, but there's some really quality teams in the Europa League still. Yeah. And there's some really entertaining matches. So I take a look at a team like Napoli. I take a look at a team like Leicester. Uh, Rangers are there, as you said, Monaco, Galatasaray, Olympiacos, Fernabache. These are all really, really, really good teams. And, um, you know, obviously we could, we could obviously dissect who's going to come out of the groups and what have you. But um, I definitely take a look at, at the Europa League and I, I look on it with good praise. And, and I think that all the games in there are, uh, are quality. And as, as it goes on further and further round of 16 quarters, semis, finals, etc. Obviously, the quality just heightens, and uh, we we saw some good games in the past years, and I'm sure this season uh, as well in the Europa League, we're going to see even more good games. And one of the things that I like in this competition, Daniel, uh, one team, I should say, I think they're called something else now, but they're known by most soccer fans as Red Star Belgrade out of mm. Serbia. And just the crowd atmosphere and really the, the dangerous crowd atmosphere that we've seen. I don't think they had too many problems in their match uh, against Sporting Braga this past week. But if you go to YouTube and just look at uh, Red Star Belgrade and, and just watch the, the fans uh, literally going nuts, Maybe it's not politically correct to say I enjoy that, but it's certainly a, a viewing pleasure as far as watching some of the wild things that happen down there. Oh, yeah, the entertainment value is high. And you take a look at a club like Red Star Belgrade, and I think, you know, if they can win the Europa League, for example, that's their ticket into the Champions League. So, so could you imagine what that does for their club, for their fans? for the, the, the likes of soccer in that country, that's absolutely huge. So the passion that's exuded in countries like that, within clubs like that, again, I got to see it over the years when, when Arsenal were in, uh, were in the Europa League and they went to some, some clubs and some teams where I'm thinking to myself, do I know that? Do I know that team? Have I ever heard of them before? And then you look <laughs> yeah. at, and, you know, then you look at the, the stadium, the fans and stuff, and it's like, it's a different level atmosphere. It's really incredible. So I think it's, it's a really cool thing to see and it's entertaining to watch for sure. World Cup qualifying uh, will resume here in a couple weeks as the teams uh, across the world will take an international break. And looking at CONCACAF, Daniel, looking good for Mexico, Canada, and the United States after three matches, uh, Mexico on top, um, and Canada and the United States also in the mix, Panama in there as well. Canada and the U.S. played uh, to a draw and uh, certainly got big victories in match day three. I tell you, this Canada team, I think they got a chance to to make it. I, you probably know more about them than I do, but certainly after three matches, looking pretty good. However, their next match is at Mexico, and we'll probably find a lot out a lot more about that squad. Oh, I definitely agree, and I think Mexico are just kind of sort of separated from the rest in terms of CONCACAF, but you take a look at the top three right now with Mexico, Canada, the United States. I think it'd be brilliant if it stayed that way, and I think – I don't want to say it'd be justified because Canada still has so much work to do, but under John Herdman, I think that the complexion of, of national soccer in, uh, in Canada has changed so much. I think 
they they certainly play a system that uh, is beneficial to the the quality of players that they have. And there's still that entertainment value, which is a positive thing. And if they have to go through CONCACAF, scraping the odd results here and there, and then putting in the odd performance to get a resounding victory or whatnot, they'll do what they have to do. And hopefully that will uh, that will culminate into a World Cup qualification. But uh, I would really like to see Mexico, Canada, and the United States get through. And right now it's interesting days in uh, in CONCACAF for sure. Yeah, and the good news for Mexican, United States, and Canadian soccer fans is all those three countries will be in the 2026 World Cup because they're all hosting it. So that's right. going to be something if all three get in the 2022 World Cup. Uh, just kind of breezing around uh, a couple of the other zones, Daniel and South America, Brazil, they're a perfect 8-0 with 24 points after eight matches. Argentina second with 18, Uruguay with 15, Ecuador and Colombia with 13. Really no surprises up there, uh, to me at least. Oh, God, me neither. It's the... The big names that you'd expect to be there are there, and uh, not too much changes on that side, I must say. But, um, yeah, the names that you would expect to, to be dominating are dominating, and no real surprises. Looking at UEFA, we're just going to zip around the groups quickly and see who's uh, performing well in Group A. Portugal on top with 13 points, Serbia second with 11. Group B, uh, most of these teams have played either four or six matches, so there are some discrepancies in the standings right now. Group B, Spain atop with 13 points, Sweden on their heels with nine points. Sweden has played two fewer matches. Uh, Group C, the defending Euro champs, one you like very much, Daniel. Mm -hmm. Italy, 14 points with Switzerland second with eight points, and they've played two fewer matches. Group D, France, uh, looking to run away with this group so far, has 12 points. Ukraine in second with five points, all draws. They played five draws, yeah. if you can believe that. Group E, uh, Belgium having a pretty easy time of it right now, 16 points, followed by the Czech Republic and Wales with seven. In Group F, Denmark, they're looking really strong. Perfect 6-0, 18 points, Scotland in second with 11. Group G, a pretty competitive group with the Netherlands and Norway, 13 points, and Turkey with 11. Group H, they have a tie atop with Croatia and Russia with 13 points. Group I, yes, there are a lot of groups in this. England, they saw their perfect record blemished with a draw at Poland, but lead the group by 16 points with a surprising Albania in second with 12. And finally, in Group J, Germany is in front with 15 points and another surprise in second, Armenia. Now, you want to win the group to qualify in UEFA for the World Cup, and the second-place teams will play in a playoff. Uh, A couple surprises that I mentioned, Daniel, but – Kind of the same cast of characters that we saw in Euro 2020. I couldn't agree more. And what I will say about that is if you take a look at the top of each of those groups, if you had to predict the team at the beginning of the qualification phases, you'd say that each one of those teams would be at the top. And yep. that's exactly the way that it's it's uh, shaped up. And like you said, a couple of surprises. Armenia, I think, uh, is, is a big surprise. Albania, another but again, there's there's still a few games to be played, so is that going to last? I think that's up for debate. But again, the, the top teams that you would expect to be at the top are there, and that's what uh, good countries do. That's what uh, good teams do, and they deserve to be where they're at, each and every one of those teams. 
Daniel, let's close our show with a little bit of a lock, lock, local soccer updates uh, here on the U.S. side. The Sioux High Blue Devils uh, continuing to play their high school sports season, and they drew 1-1 with Houghton last week. Uh, certainly, soccer seems to be on the rise over on this side, as uh, we did see their first-ever showcase tournament a couple weekends ago, featuring four teams at A.J. Van Sitter's Field. So that's certainly uh, good to see, and uh, you have been very busy, my friend, with your local soccer so give our listeners an update yeah absolutely it's been busy on this side as well uh sioux college which uh, i'm not affiliated with but have gotten back into the college ranks of soccer just started their season last weekend and they will continue this weekend where they actually host their first set of home games uh at home here to, to george brown um so that'll go on i believe saturday at 12 and three o'clock and then this weekend um, we actually start our season for Algoma University. Uh, we just finished our preseason last weekend in Sudbury where we beat Cambrian College 2-1, um, and we rounded out our preseason in that way, which is really positive. So we traveled to Hamilton to play McMaster this weekend. Both games are Saturday and Sunday at 12 o'clock and 3 o'clock for the women and the men. And uh, as far as youth competitive soccer goes, um, a few of us from Algoma University have signed on with Northern Heights Soccer Club. Um, from the university, of course, and we're looking to give back to the uh, the youth in our city a little bit more through some some training and uh, entering into indoor league play, which will be commencing here in about a month's time. So a lot of positive stuff on uh, on this side of the border, Scott, as, as far as local soccer goes. And um, yeah, it's, it's busy times, but at the same time, it's good times because last year at this time, we weren't doing much of anything. Yes, indeed. And, uh, Daniel, we're going to get you on our ESPN 1400 show, The Game, this upcoming Monday night, September 27th, to give our ESPN 1400 listeners an update on what's going on in the world of soccer with Algoma University. So certainly looking forward to that. And on Saturday, Daniel, I'm looking forward to getting up early, 730, Chelsea, Manchester City. Mm -hmm. That one should be a dandy. 100%. That one's going to be a fantastic match, and I absolutely will be up at the exact same time as you watching it from the hotel room in, in Hamilton, Ontario, because you can't miss those types of fixtures. Very good. This has been a not a special edition because we've done it a few times. This has been the latest edition of the Game Sports Show Soccer Edition with Scott Nason and Daniel Scarpino. Scarps, appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule. I know you got to get ready for practice, and always good to talk about the beautiful game of soccer. Thanks for joining us, and we'll talk to you in a couple weeks here for our next Soccer Edition. Awesome. Thanks for having me, Scott, and it's been brilliant to be on the show once again. There's always time to talk about soccer, for sure. Yes, there is, my friend. Yes, there is. That's going to do it for our show. Again, if you want to hear this show, you can find it at thegamesportshow.podbean.com, thegamesportshow.com, or you can find our other podcast sites, social media sites. Just type in thegamesportshow.com, and you can find everything right right there. For Daniel Scarpino, Scott Nason saying thank you for joining us. We'll talk to you in a couple weeks for our next edition of the Game Sports Show Soccer Edition. Have a great night.